Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Pat Nemers, and I have our administrative pastor with us today, Abe Miller, uh, who's also, uh, you have been the chairman of our building committee. You're still a part of that very yep. much. You've actually served uh, on a former building committee, or two, more than one. Was there more than one? Two? Yeah, we did the, yeah, the the SFLC. Yep. That was that one before that. And what, I was, I was what, does, what does that stand for? Sailorville Family Life Center. Okay. Yeah, so that was the big remodel yeah. that I was kind of over, and then I was helping out before that a little bit, and then we've got the new one, which we're talking about. Yeah, and actually, the SFLC, the uh, Sayreville Family Life Center, that that was more than a remodel. That was actually a and that was actually a building. We built another building that literally doubled the size of the building we currently have. That was a huge project, and again, you were over that, and did a great job, and. Why are we talking about that? Well, because we are in the midst of this again, as you just alluded well, Here we to. go. So here we go. And uh, don't tune us off because we've got, some of you are probably thinking, oh, man, I'm talking about building. Oh, how boring. It's actually not boring. It's really pretty cool. And I'm actually, we're going to conclude our time talking about the four reasons why we choose as a church not to borrow money. Mm-hmm. when it comes to building. And uh, we've operated like this for nearly 24 years, you know, ever since I've been here, and we've had several building projects. Uh, and we're going to talk about that as well in, in future podcasts, some of the crazy, cool God stories that anybody with half a heart would have to say, man, this is, mm-hmm. we, I need to lean into this. There's something to this. Yeah, as we, as we started talking about doing this and rolling out some of these podcasts and just trying to inform our people and just talk about some of these principles, it, it is fun to like think back and to see God's faithfulness throughout all of these projects, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely has been stretching, challenging, um, really having to stick to our guns at times, but it's been, it's been fun to see how God has provided, how he's been faithful, and it it gets me excited to be able to talk about it again, yeah. Because it, um, there's truth and there's evidence of God's faithfulness in the past. And anybody who's borrowed money, you know, for anything, has probably felt to some degree that pressure from Proverbs twenty two seven. The borrower is subject, dun 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 dun, you know, subject to the lender. Yeah. It feels the pressure. Uh, uh, we have not had to feel that pressure at any given time, though we have felt pressure in the process of, you know, raising monies, trusting the Lord to bring it in, uh, at times wondering how it was going to come in, when it was going to come in, but in every case it has. Uh, but uh, just to let our listeners know that uh, we, you know, we, we are entering into a new building campaign, and we're calling it Transformed from the Inside Out, and uh there's a reason we've chosen that theme. Yeah. I think it's really fitting. Uh, but the scripture that goes along with it is 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 3.18, which says, But we all, that is those who know the Lord, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to the next, uh, even by the Spirit of the Lord. And that's speaking of a transformation that takes place on the inside and works its way out. So um, uh, in my mind, I was thinking uh, when, we, when we did the building, when we built the SFLC, that literally doubled the size of our footprint. Yep. 
And uh, so, as I recall, Doug, uh, our our tech manager, flew a drone over the top, and we got to see, you know, the uh, the whole Sailorville campus from a you know from about a thousand foot, you know, uh, eagle eye. And uh, and then we could see the change, the outward change when we put the right. new building up. And I was thinking, if we did the same thing now, if we flew a drone over our campus right now, you know, over whatever it is, 500 feet above or whatever, however high it flies, and looked at the campus uh, and then did the same thing after this next campaign is over, Lord willing, it's over. And we've we've you know, we've get, the monies have come in. We've done the remodel. And if we flew a drone over at the end, it would look exactly the same as it did at the beginning. And the reason is because we're not doing anything externally uh, except for some cosmetic stuff. Uh, This is really an internal job, isn't it? Yeah. And and really, there's, what, four buildings kind of all connected together from the original building which is part of the remodel to the auditorium that got added on to the coffee cove fellowship area got added on. And then the SFLC, right? So there's all these buildings that are kind of over the years. Yeah. Gotten added to it. And from the last, and from the last building remodel, we have slowly been pulling it all together to make it look more like one. And so again, our theme is transform from the inside out. So even if you flew a drone over before and after, and you wouldn't see anything externally different, internally, if you went through, that is, Lord willing, this transformation mm-hmm. takes place, you, would, you couldn't deny that transformation has taken place because we are doing some crazy, cool, crazy, necessary things mm-hmm. internally to, uh, to modernize our building, make it one, and a number of other things. Help us out. What are some of our, what are we trying to accomplish with this building campaign, Abe? Yeah, it's essentially the last part of the main building that hasn't gotten a major overhaul. I mean, everything else, the auditorium was a major overhaul, sanctuary, and then um, the new building. And this is, this is the original, we're talking about the original building here now, which, you know, it's old. It, it, the plumbing, the electrical, I mean, it's old, and we've we've dealt with it, we've used it, it's been functional um, for what the church was, mm-hmm. and as the church has grown over the last 20-plus years, the, the what we're doing here on campus in the building has changed. The numbers have increased, the groups have increased, which is changing the way the building functions and the way we use it, which is obviously different than it was 20-some years ago. So you're essentially two-thirds of our current building is out of is outdated and, and needs a major, major facelift. Yeah, and, and listen, everyone's sacrificed, and, you know, because we've planted churches, yeah, we've yeah. done things that we've had to do with the remodel and space and parking lots and stuff just because God's blessing and people coming. Well, now we're at a point where it's like, we, we need to do this, to kind of finish the master plan and get yeah. done with it, which we just finished the counseling wing, which was part of that master plan, which is exciting to get that done. And they're in there. Working, yeah. You know, beautiful counseling. Yep, wing. It looks great. So that's exciting. That's part of that. And, um, one of the, one of the main things is the, the office space for, um, right now we have staff all over the building in little nooks and crannies. <laughs> I mean, wherever we can find a spot, we've, yeah. I'm over the years, you and I've walked around and been like, we can put an office there. We can yeah. put an office there. 
uh, to get people all more centralized yeah. into more um, office pods to be to be in a better space. The youth, the youth downstairs here in the in the basement would be that's a that's a major need. I mean, we've got several hundred students, junior high and high school. Um, so one of those spaces would be the youth area. That would be a major upgrade. Natural light. Um, that's a that's a big big deal. And then the and then the fellowship hall area, the kitchen area, we'd have to move some of that stuff to update that and um, make space. Make space for the 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 lobby, uh, which we have a really tiny lobby. <laughs> yeah, we do right now. So to to open that up and to expand that will be great for people coming in, visitors, even all the hangout. You know, which you've said, you know, some of the most important conversations happen in the lobby. You know, uh, after and before uh, services and stuff. So yeah, and right now there people kind of get sardine. They make their way quickly to the sanctuary because the lobby is almost a lobby for a. For yeah. a very small There's church. people everywhere. You find yeah. a spot to get out of the way and don't get run over. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this, so hence the need. Plus, the, just the fact that we, the church, continues to grow. We are a church planting church, a part of the Engage Network. It has never been our intent to be the biggest church in the area, but our church in, invariably has grown every time we have planted a church. Even though we've given up many people, we just planted a church in uh, in Ankeny and gave up uh, some 80-some people, uh, uh, and yet our church hasn't shrunk in size in spite of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. There's still twelve to 1,300 people that meet here every single Sunday, so every nook and cranny is filled up, uh, including all these areas that need uh, some major uh, up- upkeep. Yeah, and I think it will, it will make our current building that we're using right now more functional for the way the church is functioning now and not what it used to be, which it needs to be brought up to date. Yes, the electrical and plumbing, but just the functionality of it needs to be brought up to date to better do ministry. Yeah. So, uh, so we're at a place where we have, uh, we've hired architects. Uh, we, we've, we've done our due diligence. Uh, we see what needs to be done. There's a master plan. Um, uh, we've got the fly through, which, uh, those who are watching this podcast will be able to see some of those pictures, even with our theme, you know, transformed from the inside out. Yep. They can also go on the website on the, on the homepage on the website. There's a whole page of pictures, fly through some of the details of what we're doing. So if they want to look at that too, they can. Yeah. And every time I see it, I I say, I'm looking at a totally different place here. This is going to be radically transformed. Yeah. Totally different. I'm super excited about that. Just from the opportunity to minister, I, I feel like we're kind of hamstrung physiologically in our church because of that. So the leadership is uh, is one uh, that need this needs to get done. Um, you know, it's it's not cheap to build. It never has been, and it's not. <laughs> uh, COVID hasn't helped yeah, us, especially out now. So, so uh, this. What we want to do for the balance of our time is talk back and forth, maybe, and share some scripture too, uh, of why we we've chosen not to borrow, and we never have in the many building projects we've done. The first one we did was, I think, in two thousand one or two, right in that ballpark where we did. You alluded to it. The sanctuary was an old seventies looking sanctuary with the red, you know, with the ubiquitous orange orange carpet and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and paneling paneling and all that kind of stuff and and it was about a million dollar project i remember back then a million dollars i was like oh my goodness we don't have a million dollars and so that was the first time i introduced this but it wasn't the first time 
uh, I introduced it to a church. I've, I've pastored two churches, uh, Sailorville here for, for 23 and a half years, and before that, uh, Holmes Baptist Church up in Northern Iowa, where this concept of not borrowing came upon me. And I want to just share that, if I may. So um, uh, we, and I'm going to share the story behind it, because the story at Holmes is, I love telling that story. It's such a cool story. It's such a God story, as are the stories here at Sailorville that have have taken place before. But it was during that time when I was at Holmes that uh, I was reading scripture. I remember remember reading in 2 Kings, uh, 2 Kings chapter 12. That's where I was. And without getting into the whole story, it's... uh, 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 Jehoash is this uh, young king who uh, realizes the temple needs serious, serious upkeep. And so, uh, and the monies weren't coming in, and the monies that were coming in were going out really fast. And so he, he, uh, he devised a plan, and, and the end, at the end of the day, they, they had boxes that were put out for the people to put money in. They'd fill those money boxes up, and then they'd take the money, and they would they would use the monies and pay the people that were doing the remodeling and the, re- and the repair of the temple as they, they paid as they went. Uh, they didn't borrow any money, they just paid as they went. I remember being just so moved by that. And that just sent me on a journey to start really studying the Bible on money and mm-hmm. particularly on borrowing. I don't consider myself a money guy. I don't consider myself particularly smart when it comes to money. I mean, I, I, I'm smart enough to know not to spend any more money than I have. I've, so I've never been in debt that way. Uh, um, so, uh, so what I did in my, I came up with, and I'll, I'll give, them, give these four points of why we don't borrow quickly, and then I'll explain myself. Uh, and here they are. Uh, uh, I discovered in my study back then, number one, the Bible never encourages borrowing. Uh, number two, the Bible always discourages mm-hmm. borrowing. Uh, and then number three, and this is the loophole, okay? And this is what keeps us from judging other people who do borrow. The third point is borrowing is not outrightly prohibited, okay? Um, there's those, these warnings and such, but it's not outrightly prohibited, and that's what I learned. And then I came to the conclusion, the fourth point is, Therefore, is a therefore. Therefore, borrowing is not a matter of sin, but a test of faith. And that those those principles I preached, I taught, and I to this day I believe very firmly. Uh, when it comes to a church, I think in our day and age, it's, those principles are important. So borrowing is is never encouraged in Scripture. And uh, in Deuteronomy twenty eight, you have this. Um, you have this passage where, uh, where God is giving all the blessings. He gives blessings and curses. Blessings for obedience to the children of Israel, curses for disobedience. And, uh, and in Deuteronomy 28, as in Deuteronomy 15, he says this. I want to read Deuteronomy 28, verse 12, where it says, uh, You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And I remember being struck by that. And he, re, he actually, this is actually a repetition of something he said back in chapter uh, 15. So um, here you have, I know it's, I know it's people out there saying, well, that's, that's the Israel, that's not to the church. I, I get this, but to me, I'm looking at the principle here. He, God was telling the children of Israel, 
uh, be lenders, don't be borrowers. And so that's why I have the principle, the Bible uh, borrowing is, is never encouraged in Scripture, and you see this in other places as well. The second point was borrowing is always discouraged. I alluded to one, the borrower, you know this, what, what's it say in Proverbs 22? Borrow is subject to the lender. Yeah, so the borrower is subject to the lender. That's, that, that's purposely trying to show the pressure that one feels when they, when they have borrowed money and they have to, they're paying the interest and all of that. Um, but back to Deuteronomy 28, this is interesting because, because he's giving instructions earlier, you shall lend, but you won't borrow. Then he has the curses for disobedience, and, there's, and it's a very, very long list of curses. And in the 44th verse, he says this. This, again, if you choose to disobey me, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what God says. So in the 44th verse, it says, he shall lend, he's talking about others outside of you, he shall lend to you, you shall not lend to him. I think, that, I just, that, here again, that was part of the curse. You're going to have to lend. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think that's fascinating. And again, somebody's going to say, well, you know, that's a, that's, a, you know, that's a command to the children of Israel. And I get that, okay? But do we just ignore the scripture? I don't think so. So I say borrow is, borrowing is never encouraged. Secondly, borrow is always discouraged. Um, thirdly, borrowing is not outrightly prohibited in scripture. And that's what I meant when I said a little earlier. That's the loophole. Um, the New Testament uh, does not deal directly with borrowing. I know some people will cite, um, uh, they'll cite this passage. I, I don't because I, I do think it's taking it out of its context, but I have heard people say, I, I, it's in, I'm going there now, it's uh, Romans chapter 13 and verse 5, where it's talking about the government and our responsibilities to the government. And it says here, I want to make sure I get the right scripture. I think I do here. Romans 13, 5 says, uh, Therefore, one must be in su subject not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of, uh, for the sake of conscience. And um, uh, verse 6, uh, For because of this, you also pay taxes and uh, all of this. Uh, uh, pay to all who... Uh, uh, it's verse 7, actually. Pay to all that is owed to them. Uh, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is, uh, is owed. But there's nothing in there really about borrowing, uh, about not borrowing. I mean, why you should, why shouldn't? Some people have actually alluded to this passage in Romans 13 to, to, uh, to uh, say that, well, this is saying you shouldn't borrow. Uh, I don't think it's saying that directly. Uh, the emphasis on this is on this passage is actually on on giving, and not uh, and not borrowing. So borrowing, there's warnings, but but the Bible doesn't outrightly prohibit it, mm -hmm. and that's the loophole. So if we have friends out there, and we do, that are in ministries like ours who borrow money, that's their business. You. I'm, we're not condemning you. I, I've never condemned anybody for borrowing, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we just feel the Lord's leading not to borrow because we don't want that pressure upon us. Uh, but so if borrowing is never encouraged, but always discouraged, not outrightly prohibited, therefore, the fourth point, it's not a matter of sin, but it's a test of faith. 
and as I mentioned earlier, we're going to do the, our next podcast. We're going to talk about how God has tested us. And I've, I mean serious tests where there was a lot of pressure. And suddenly God breaks through in amazing ways. And uh, to this day, we've, you know, we've, we have spent multiple millions of dollars here at Sailorville Church for the facilities and land purchases one and church planting and church planting <laughs> I mean, we yeah. you know we're, we're we're we are on the cusp of our sixth church plant here in just a couple of months but we've never borrowed any money yeah and so um yeah so it's not a matter of sin but a test of faith yeah i love i love that i mean those i remember you preaching on that way back at the beginning when we did the first and it made so much sense it made it made a ton of sense. It's memorable. It's understandable. Um, and you've led, you've led through that. You've led through the church through that. Um, and we've gotten pushback. We've gotten pushback from people that have said, and you know, there's parts of it. Like I remember in some of these projects where it's like, Oh my goodness, Lord, like, I mean, you talk about test of faith, (laughs) you know, Lord, you've, you guys show up here. I mean, we're trusting you to provide, the funds to finish this project, you know, and, and like you said, story after story of how God has provided. And, um, but yeah, there's been pushback people saying, Hey, I mean, look at the, look at the building costs, especially now. Right. Right. Look at the building costs. They're going way up. I mean, in a year from now, two years from now, everything's going to be way, way more expensive. Just go get a loan. And I mean that we've had, we've had people say that to us, you know? So like, um, what, what's been your response to that when people say that? Why not just, just, it's easier and, and right. And it, and it, it's a lot more, um, okay. We have the money. Mm -hmm. We we put our trust in the bank, right? The bank's going to provide the money or we're going to get the loan through. We're going to be able to pay the the contractors, the subcontractors. It does seem a lot safer, Mm -hmm. quote unquote safer. But what do you say to people that would say, well, yeah, I mean the, the, the costs are going up. You're, you're going to be spending more money down the road. Yeah, I and and there has never been a project where somebody hasn't said that right. ever, uh, and some very wise people that I consider good, godly guys. And there are listeners out there right now that are saying that they're saying, "Yeah, that makes a lot more sense." They'll say things like, "Well, if the interest rates are super low, why would you?" I mean, by the time you pay, by the time you take to raise the monies, and it, you know, yeah, it's going to cost you just as much this and that. But at the end of the day, who who gets the praise when it's all said and done? I mean, I know that people out there are going to say, well, we give glory to God, and I'm sure you do. But it's very evident praise when, when the monies come in without borrowing. I'm not, I don't have to thank the bank for anything. <laughs> I thank God for everything in the whole, pro- mm-hmm. in the whole process because we're trusting him uh, to provide. By the way, just a little side note here. I, I, I apologize to the listeners. I was fumbling around there in, in Romans 13. For some reason, I just was, it was actually the, the eighth verse I was looking for, where some people take that verse out of context, where it says, Oh, no one anything mm-hmm. except to love one another. Somebody will, some, will, some will take that out of context. Well, yeah, there's, there's a proof text for not borrowing money. I don't think it's a very good proof text. It's, it is there, but it's really talking about our responsibility toward government and toward one another and loving people. So that said, I, I, um, uh, the other thing is it, it's, it's not really a test of faith, is it, when I can go to the bank and get the money? Where's the faith in that? 
I mean, I, again, I can hear voices coming, coming back. Hey, well, it's, we got it. We still got to raise the money. Yeah. But um, uh, to me, it's, 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 it's not really a great test of faith. We're trusting the Lord to bring these monies in. You know, I remember, Abe, when um, the last project we had, um, we were in the middle of it. The monies were coming in, but we knew we'd have to raise quite a bit more. And we've never put pressure on people, have we? I mean, we've never, we've never done that. We've never put the thermometers on the platform and all that kind right. of stuff. But I'll never forget the afternoon you came into my office and you said, are you sitting down? I said, before you, when you called me, I said, no, why? Do I need to? Yes. Yeah, you, <laughs> you need to. And you came in, and there was, a, there was something that just didn't get factored into right. the bid. Yep. And it was, as I recall, it was in excess of $400,000. It was yeah, nearly a half there. a million dollars. Yep. And it was for something that no one would ever see. It was basically had to do with tying the buildings together. Am I correct? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And it wasn't in there. And I remember looking at you going, how did this not get in there? You know, and you said, I don't know, but it didn't. And there's nothing we can do about it, but pay for it. It has to get done. And it literally added nearly a half a million dollars to an already large price tag. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was a very discouraging day for both of both you and me. But we had to, we looked at them. This is a test of our faith. And we knew it was a test of our faith. And, and, uh, but through a series of circumstances and God's people being true and faithful, all of those monies, right at $4 million, came in. It was a yeah. wonderful thing to watch. And it's unbelievable to sit here now and be in that building and have the youth in there and our kids in there and play basketball in there and have leagues in there and reaching people and to say, we owe $0. Like, this is paid for. There isn't that pressure. There isn't that hanging over our head. we got to make the payment. we got to get it done, which is which is great. I mean, it's a, it's an unbelievable feeling. And, and, um, but yeah, those, those are, I mean, they're definitely testing faith. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I was just like, Oh my goodness, like, how is this going to happen? But to see God's people be obedient and be sacrificial through it too, has just been such a blessing, yeah. which is, which is with anybody's building project, right? I mean, everybody is sacrificing, everybody's giving, but there's something at the end of it when you move in to be like, there's nothing. It's done. It's yeah. over. We made the last payment, and we 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 get to use the building, and then go plant churches and continue to do that, which we've done yeah. through all of the building projects. I mean, that's been something else that we've, you know, I we said we're not going to stop planting churches right. in the middle of these projects. We're going to keep planting churches. We're going to keep sending out people, and I think God has blessed that, obviously. And yeah, He really has. And what you just it, we we made that clear to our people when we're raising monies. We're not going to become self-centered and not help our church plants or keep... And we have. we've planted, In every situation, we've planted churches and given lots of money to those yeah, churches. it's been very cool. Very it's, cool. And we've never had to burn a mortgage because we've never had a mortgage. And, you know, so if you think about that, um, you hear people saying, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're, they're coming up with all kinds of programs to raise the monies to pay off their mortgage. What they're saying is they're under constant pressure. That's the borrower is subject to the lender. And as you've mentioned, we're able to enjoy a beautiful f uh, facility with, that, that blesses our kids. We've got with the gymnasium, and we've never had the pressure of wondering where the money was going to come to to pay, 
come from to pay that building off. Now, there, was, there is pressure on the front end, and I just mentioned that. When, you know, you're, the pressure is the money's coming in, then you, and you got unforeseen stuff like that thing we just talked about mm -hmm. that was nearly a half a million dollars. It, it just, I about passed out on when you told me about it. But God has powerfully, powerfully, and wonderfully provided all the way along. Yep. Yeah. Now, there are questions. I know there's one question you were going to ask me. Oh, yeah. And uh, do you remember what it was? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the, you know, a lot of people take out mortgages on their homes or, or car payments or whatever debt you want to talk about, you know, individually. Right. So we have gotten asked this question in the past. What, what's the difference between you getting a mortgage personally yeah. and then the church taking out a loan? Uh, what's the difference between those two? Yeah, and I mean, may maybe Dave Ramsey would say none, no, no different. I don't know, uh, but we have. I think it's a fair question. First of all, I don't think we're being hypocritical if that if that is the implication in the in the question. Uh, the difference between borrowing for a church and borrowing uh, for your home, as as you point out, as an individual, you've kind of just said what the difference is right there. I mean, one is a personal choice for me to borrow money to purchase a home. The other is a corporate choice that we as a leadership are imposing upon the entire congregation, in this case, a congregation of, well, I just said we got about 1,300 people coming here every Sunday. There's probably 1,500, yeah. 1,600 that claim it as their church. I mean, we're saying all of you are agreeing that we're going to borrow money. Yeah. And uh, to me, we're imposing that upon the entire congregation, and we're robbing them of the opportunity to trust the Lord. Um, the other thing is, uh, in our economy and in most economies, a home is real equity. I mean, it's, it's real equity. Uh, if you own a home and you're making payments on it, the chances are it's, it's worth at least what you bought it for, and it's probably worth more. And, uh, and the economy that we're in right now, it's probably worth considerably more, in some cases uh, astronomically more than just a few years ago. Uh, I can tell you that I've I've owned a few houses and I've never made a lot of money on my on the houses ever, but I've made a little bit. There was always a little equity in there. There isn't a lot of equity in church buildings, yeah. generally speaking. You you know people have a hard time selling a church building unless another church comes in there and buys it. So you have that pressure on you when you borrow money. You got to make those payments. I can still remember being in. I can still very distinctly two things two things come to mind. Um, one was being, uh, was in my first campaign at Homes. I was at a church up in Mason City, Iowa, and in a beautiful brand new facility, and the pastor was walking me around the facility. I really liked the guy, a personal friend of mine, and we were just at the front end of not borrowing to raise money for our first thing. He, and it was a beautiful, I remember being a little covetous walking through the building. This is really, really nice. But they borrowed up the wazoo for this thing. And I'll never forget what he said. And then we have this, and then we did this, and he, he stopped, and he goes, he says, we better not have a church split. No, he said it with tongue-in-cheek. But what's funny about that yeah. is the truth in it. You have yep. a church split, you're going to have a hard time making those payments. Mm -hmm. We've never had that. The other story I would say as we br start to bring this to a conclusion, Abe, is I was right here at Sailorville Baptist Church in the middle 1980s as a student in Bible college. And I remember one of the main deacons standing up and 
I had just joined the church. I had no idea the church was in debt. The church was in debt at the time of over a half a million dollars, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars in debt. And in those days, that was a lot of money, and they were feeling it. And this guy, literally, his face was red. This deacon was red. And he was chastising the people of God in a business meeting for not giving more than they were because we are barely making ends meet. And, a, and we have a guy who, that's in our church today, an older gentleman who used to be a deacon who has told, you've heard the stories, where they, he was a part of the group then. They were actually going to the bank and having negotiations with the bank so they could hold off on making payments. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was in that meeting. I'll never forget being in that. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. One, I was thinking, man, this guy's really mad at us, and I haven't even, I've bar- barely been here. He's, up, he's, he's chastising us for not giving. And I remember walking out. This was m- with my first wife, Nina. I remember looking at her, and I said to her, I said, by the grace of God, I will never lead a church that's in this position right now. And I didn't even know these points that I just went through at the time. I just thought, I never want to have that again. I felt the pressure of the borrower being subject to the lender. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, this is, um, just as we go from here, right, this this is kind of setting up um, the beginning of what we want to do throughout the rest of January, these podcasts to kind of unload some of these... um, as we, as we get towards the end of January and Promise Sunday on January 30th, we really want to kind of walk through some of these things and talk about some more building things, Promise Sunday, timeline, where we're going, how we're going to do all of this. So this is kind of the first one in a series of um, podcasts going yeah. forward. Yeah, we wanted to get out our, you know, again, our theme, transform from the inside out, because that's what we're doing. It's an internal transformation physically. And, of course, we're focusing this year as well on our internal transformation, that people be memorizing Scripture, being in the Word, beholding Jesus in the Word of God, being transformed from the inside out. And then uh, uh, lay down the reasons why we don't borrow. That's the reason why we're having this uh, this Promise Sunday coming up toward the end of the month. And... Uh, uh, and, and talk about some of the stories, great stories. Yeah. Our People need to hear these stories and uh, just what our plan is, the timeline as God brings the money in. Lord willing, as he brings the money in, we'll be looking at the next, uh, at the next uh, remodel. So yeah. stick with us, and Lord willing, we'll be with you next week for another podcast on how God provides.